you have gotten the most use of your palm branches of any service. Would you pray with me? Holy God, we come shouting and singing Hosanna, waving palm branches, celebrating your triumphal entry. And in these moments, we come with anticipation for what we might hear from you for us and for our lives together. So let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. In the name of Jesus the Christ, who is our rock and redeemer. Amen. Well, we've talked about parades. We've pretended we were in a parade. If you were here at 9.30, we had a parade of children. Do you like a parade? I've seen some of you at some of the Westerville parades from time to time at Christmas time and in the summer when, when we have them. It's a lot of fun. In 2016, I took a group to Jackson Area Ministries in Southern Ohio for a week of mission stuff. And mostly we visited people's homes that the coordinators at Jackson Area Ministries had partnerships with, and we put gutters back on, and we put up siding, and we did some gardening, and sometimes we visited a house thinking we were going to do something, and spending the whole time talking to someone and hearing their story which was more important than a gutter ever would be, right? So we arrived on Sunday, and because it was a Methodist group, United Methodist group, who arrived, we stayed in an Episcopal church because they had showers and concrete floors where we slept. Monday morning, we got up to go to our first job site, and we went and did the things. We came back. It was a normal day. Tuesday morning, we got up to go to our job site. And on the main drag in Jackson, along the sides of the road, there were chairs. Lawn chairs, those slingback camping, the unfolding camping chairs that all the soccer moms use. At the, you know what I'm talking about. Some of them had little umbrellas. Some of them looked like dining room chairs somebody had set out there. Wednesday, there were more chairs, and by Thursday, the whole street was lined with chairs, and nobody was taking them away. Now, there are neighborhoods I know of where if you put your chair by the curb today, tomorrow, well, you're sitting on the grass. These chairs stayed there all week long, and people kept them going. And, and on Friday, there was a parade. People were staking out their spot for the Apple Festival parade that happened in Jackson in the fall. Apples are a big deal there in the fall. And if you go to the Apple Festival, first of all, there's a parade that has marching bands and fire trucks and police and motorcycles. Yeah, I was disappointed because when I was a kid, I always liked the Shriners in the parade. On their little mini bikes or their little, little go-kart things, and, and they're in there with their knees sticking up and doing figure eights and all that. There were, none of those guys were in there, but um, they, they, you know, they had the whole parade. And then the Apple Festival had rides and anything to eat that you can imagine and some things you never thought of made out of apples. Apple pizza, who knew? It was wonderful. It was like apple pie. On a, well, anyway, we're going to get hungry. We can't do that yet. It was a big deal. And, a, and the biggest part of the deal was that the whole community gathered. It was all in. Everybody. Every, the whole town turned out. We went to the festival on Friday night. And we ate apple things, apple everything. 
you can get tired of apples. But I know, what I noticed walking around is here's a cluster of people who all know each other and they're talking. And how you doing? Jackson's not that big a town. They saw each other yesterday. But they were going to hang out. And here's kids from school, teenagers, hanging out, enjoying their freedom at the Apple Festival. There's a whole gang of them over here down an alley where their parents theoretically can't see them. And you know all their parents know that alley. That's where they hung out when they were kids. The whole thing is happening. And it started with a parade. Holy Week starts with a parade. And the community shows up for the parade. Jesus comes into Jerusalem. In Matthew's Gospel, this is the first time Jesus has showed up in Jerusalem. Luke takes time to tell us about Jesus as a baby being named and so forth in Jerusalem. But Matthew doesn't skips over that and gets to Jerusalem at this point. This is his entry, his literal entry in Matthew into Jerusalem. It's his first time. And he's coming triumphantly. People are waving these palm branches and he's riding on a borrowed donkey which fulfills prophecy. These disciples, Jesus sends them into town. He says, go into town. You, when you go in, you're going to find this donkey and, and a colt. And just tell, tell them you're taking them. You what? Terry, a year and a half ago, I arrived here to, to be on staff and do the things that are moving into town. If I had showed up, if I had sent my friend Steve to your house, knock, knock, knock. The new pastor needs your truck. Well, I don't know. I've had that truck since 1902, a senior truck. Maybe not quite that, but it's like the original Ford Ranger. It's great. Um, you might look at me funny, or you might look at them funny, and probably I'd have had to find a truck somewhere else. Maybe not, because Terry's a nice person. But even then, you're, you'd have been thinking, well, maybe but they borrow this donkey and colt, and they bring him back, and Jesus rides into town because the king doesn't walk. The king rides. The king sits. Everyone else walks. Everyone else makes the path happen, putting their cloaks and palm branches in the, in the mud of a road that has animals all day long. You know what animals, I you know what happens. This road is a mess. People are putting their cloaks to make the way for the king to come. They have cloaks as a makeshift saddle on this colt as they come in the eastern gate of Jerusalem during Passover. Now, it would be easy to overlook some details here, so let me help you fill in some gaps. It might be stuff you already know that I can just remind you of, or maybe you never knew. And it helps us understand this story. They come in this eastern gate with this ragtag parade of folks at Passover. At Passover, all the people come to Jerusalem for the festival to celebrate God's liberation from times before when they were in captivity. And as part of celebrating that, to celebrate the hope that God might liberate them again from a time of captivity when it would happen. When we remember our history and God's faithfulness before, we're celebrating our hope that God will be faithful tomorrow, too. It's both. That's happening. That's going on with this Passover festival. So all the faithful folks are there doing this. And so on this opportunity, Pilate shows up 
Because don't forget, part of what's happening in Jerusalem at this time is there is a Roman occupation. If you think about it, you knew that. Right? One of our clues is after crucifixion, when a Roman centurion, of all the unlikely people, when a Roman centurion says, surely this was God's son. And it's interesting that that's who says it. It's politically interesting, it's religiously interesting, but that's what happens. There's a Roman occupation with all of the uncomfortable, nasty stuff that goes with that. They haven't been invited to be there. Folks who live there would just assume that they left, but there they are. And so Pilate comes on this day when the, the people of Israel, when the Jews, celebrate liberation in Passover. Pilate comes riding in the western gate on a war horse with banners and with soldiers to remind them that you might be celebrating liberation in a figurative sense, but you ain't celebrating liberation in an actual sense because the Romans are still here. And he reminds them with fanfare and pageantry. And on this very same day, when this is happening at the western gate, over here at the eastern gate, here comes this ragtag group of improvised people with palm branches. They don't have banners. With cloaks on a donkey. They don't have a war horse and saddles and cavalry and all this. It's just a group of folks who've been wandering around for three years. They're dirty and they're dusty and they're holding their kids on their shoulders and they're waving their little branches and they're, Hosanna, Hosanna, here comes the king. There's no crown. There's no trumpets or if there was such a thing. There's no fanfare. This is happening. And there's a crowd of people. And the crowd of people have gathered because something is happening. You've seen that before. There's, there's a disturbance over here, and everybody goes to see what it is. That's what's occurring, because the people in this story are like, who's that? And other people are like, oh, that's Jesus. But they still don't quite understand what's going on. I want us to notice the contrast between these two groups. The Romans come in, with oppression, with violence, with killing, with taking things from people, with force, with conquest. And Jesus comes in with exaggerated humility on a borrowed donkey. And we know, they were beginning to know, that Jesus comes with mercy and grace and forgiveness and gentleness and healing and even salvation. And they're crying, Hosanna, save us! It's a prayer and a plea. And I don't want us to miss that at that time it was a treasonous cry. People were expected to pledge their allegiance to Pilate, to Rome who had taken over the area. And these people were pledging their allegiance to this weird teacher person who'd been around doing things, who was already scandalous. 
who's already been called to account in front of some authorities who've asked him questions. And now here they are. And here's the king. And Pilate's on the other side of town saying, oh no, I, I beg to differ. And I'm going to force it. This is the beginning of this week. This is the beginning of events that occur with this contrast between what, between which reign, which realm, which kingdom, which system, which crowd we might choose to be in. Are we in the crowd shouting and misunderstood, hard to understand, difficult to swallow, wondering what the path is going to hold, Hosanna? Or are we going to pick a safe route and go with the powerful people and do the successful thing? Because if I side with Rome, it's safer, but it may not be right. The week goes on, as you know. Matthew takes us through the story. It starts with a parade. It ends with a very different crowd that Matthew describes in the 27th chapter. At the festival, the governor was accustomed to release a prisoner for the crowd, anyone they wanted. At that time, they had a notorious prisoner, Jesus Barabbas. So after they had gathered, Pilate said to them, Who do you want me to release to you? Jesus Barabbas, this notorious criminal, or Jesus who says he's the Messiah. For he realized it was out of jealousy that they had handed him over. While he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent word to him, Have nothing to do with that innocent man, for today I have suffered a great deal because of a dream about him. Now the chief priests and the elders had persuaded the crowds to ask for Barabbas and to ask to have Jesus killed. The governor again said to them, Which of the two do you want me to release for you? And they said, Barabbas. Give us Barabbas. Pilate said to them, What then should I do with Jesus, who is called the Messiah? All of them said, Let him be crucified. Pilate asked, What evil has he done? And they answered, Let him be crucified. In Matthew's account, they all call for Jesus to be crucified. And I wonder if there were people in the first crowd shouting, Hosanna, who later shouted, Crucify. Sometimes we go along with whatever the people around us are doing. and were made for more. Sometimes we pick the safe route and we're made for more. Sometimes the difficulties of life, despair, pain, disease, grief, loneliness, illness, 
mental illness, addiction. You can fill in your own gaps. Sometimes all of these things leave us with questions, leave us wondering, how in the world am I supposed to follow this person on a donkey while I'm carrying my palm branch and all the rest of this chaos that is my life? No, thank you. I'd rather have the safe route. Thank you. And we might switch crowds from Hosanna to crucify. We might choose to stop following, to stop trusting this one who says, I've come to give you life, abundant life. But rather than surrender to this, rather than trust this, we would rather do the do-it-yourself route. I'll take care of it. I got mine. I'll take care of number one first. And if I got a little time left over, maybe I'll, I'll show up for the parade, but really I'm going to do my own thing because yeah, I'm not so sure. That path looks hard. But if we choose to join this procession following Jesus on his donkey... We're going to find ourselves in a room with some other followers where Jesus explains about betrayal, where Jesus shows us something about what serving others looks like as he washes our feet, where Jesus explains something to us about remembering hope when he explains to us how to remember his freely given broken body and his blood in what we call communion. If we continue following, we'll find ourselves at a trial where Jesus is convicted of no crime and sentenced to death. We'll find ourselves at a cross where Jesus pleads forgiveness for us because we don't know what we're doing. if we continue on this path. And the question is, will we choose to follow? Or will we take the easy path, which is to skip right over and to go straight from Palm Sunday and Hosanna to Easter and Hallelujah? Because next week on Sunday, we'll say Hallelujah for the first time since the beginning of Lent in church. You might have said it in traffic, I don't know. But if we skip from Sunday to Sunday and don't follow the path, we miss the point. We miss the point. We can't have resurrection without death. It's miraculous that there's resurrection with, with Christ. Jesus is dead, and then he's not. And he appears later to disciples. That's another sermon for another day. But you can't be resurrected if you're not dead first. And we can't experience new life unless we die to ourselves first, unless we go through this very same thing. So we have our stuff. We have this whole baggage train of things we bring on the parade. 
and we slowly let go and drop off piece by piece. We slowly surrender and say, Hosanna, save us. And we find our way through that Last Supper. And we find our way through crucifixion. And we cling to hope of resurrection along the way. We can't skip from here to there without going through the middle. And if we bypass the middle, we miss the point. So the question is, will we trust? Will we take the chance? Will we join this scandalous parade that snubs its nose at status quo and common sense and says, we're going to believe in something as ridiculous as resurrection? We're going to believe that someone has come who is the Son of God, to whom we can cry, Hosanna, save us, and expect that somehow, some way, we'll find, not, not that it's going to be easy, but that somehow, some way, we'll find our way through and have the opportunity to experience resurrection on the other side of the journey. When we cry Hosanna, we start the path. When we say we're made for more, we're made to follow, just as Jesus called us, all the way down the path, clear through to the other side. May God give us the courage to do so. Let's be in prayer. Holy God, we come shouting Hosanna. And we have no idea what we're doing. But we brought our lives to this moment. We bring our joys, our laughter, our celebrations. And we bring our fears and our broken hearts, our diseases and our illnesses and our discomforts and our fears. And with our palms, we lay them at your feet. crying, Hosanna, save us. We want to follow. You call us your beloved children, and we repeat it, and we try to believe it. And we cry, Hosanna, because we need your help to believe it. So on this day, we commit again to follow, hoping that this time we will, knowing that we can only do it with your help. So show us how to follow and how to be your people and help us to trust that some kind of way there is resurrection at the end. We pray this in the name of Jesus who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, 
but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. 